This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Portugal was one of several European countries that was dealing with severe economic conditions in the wake of the global recession. It, like many others, uh, did take bailouts from European creditors, but facing austerity measures that were tough to deal with. Severe spending cuts, cutbacks of wages, pensions, and security, uh, social security. But then Portugal may have flipped the script, so to speak. They reversed, in part, those measures and even gave incentives to businesses. And then growth started to come back. It's an interesting story of going against the norm and succeeding. We take a deeper dive into this story here in studio with João Gomes, who's a professor of finance here at the Wharton School and a native of Lisbon. And also joining us is João Aschensalm, who is associate professor and academic director of the MBA program at the Catholic Lisbon School of Business and Economics, as well as he has spent more than a decade as an advisor to the Portugal government and as well to the European Commission. João Gomes, great to see you. Thank you very much for uh, joining us here in studio. Thanks, Dan. Good morning. And, and João, on the phone, thank you very much for giving us your time today. Thank you for the invitation. Good morning. Thank you. So I'll start with you. And we before we get into the, into the changes that were made, a, as you saw it, how deep of an economic hole was Portugal in? Uh, you mean during the hard times of the, of the Great Recession? Yes, exactly. It was uh, it was a very deep situation. Uh, I mean, we had uh, quite a few years of uh, negative uh, GDP growth, so we had basically like three years in a row, uh, or situation was fairly severe. Overall, uh, GDP declined over that uh, long period about uh, 10% from peak level, and unemployment also went up a lot, um, and only now. Are we going back to the GDP level that we had back in 2008? So it was a really, really uh, long stretch, very, very hard. So how do you see this recovery? What was it, in your opinion, and, and obviously part of this being the time you spent in the government, uh, that, that led to this recovery? Well, I mean, the, the way we see it uh, in our uh, center here at, uh, at uh, Catolica is that, um, you know, the, the recovery has really started in about 2013 uh, in the beginning. And basically, it, it kind of started when the strongest uh, uh, measures of the adjustment program, what you call austerity, uh, essentially ended. So, but at that time... Uh, people were still in a very uh, negative mood. So only, you know, when they saw a couple of years of uh, improved growth, they realized that, we, you know, we were out of the dump. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we had uh, last year a fairly impressive growth, a little unexpected for most observers, of about 2.7%. Uh, uh, that was, you know, the largest of the century. So it was widely celebrated in Portugal. And it got uh, quite a bit of visibility, uh, not only in Portugal, but in uh, other countries as well. So, you know, for many, uh, you know, political discussions, it became a poster child for what could be done differently in the context of the European recovery. So, uh, João Gomes, uh, how have you seen this this last 10-year period from, obviously, the hard times in mm -hmm. Portugal to, to what you're starting to see now? I think the last 20 years really is disappointing. Um, it's a wonderful country, by the way. You should go. Um, but um, um, I, I think the last 10 years have been uh, started badly. Uh, we dealt badly with the, with the recession. I think uh, I, I agree with pretty much all the facts. 
uh, quoted. I think we started to recover a little bit in 2013. Last year has been excellent, but I think you should put it in the context of Europe has been excellent. Um, Europe has done much better, um, and that's really part of the of the of sort of the, that recovery story that Portugal has benefited. I think that it's been driven by two things. One is uh, tourism, <laughs> exports. Uh, Portugal has become much more attractive to foreign to foreign markets. And the other one is investment. Domestic investment has done really well. Um, I think our unemployment rate has gone down from – it peaked at 14, is down now to 9. But the real cloud in the story is uh, the cloud of the last 20 years or so. We're just not more productive. Um, there's just not a lot of room to go forward if we don't increase productivity. And for 20 years, Portugal has just not been able to make any headway against – productivity, and that just still continues. We, we've grown by employing more people. The unemployment rate has gone down. But the room to sort of improve living standards in the years ahead is, is very limited unless we do something there. So um, that that's the challenge. And maybe investment is a key, maybe not. We shall see. You mentioned the investment. And, and I, I would ask how much of that came from the government, from the public sector, and how much of it came very on, little. On, the, on the backs of, of the private sector? Right, very little. So the, the austerity story, I think, it's something that has ended for a while. I think it's a myth to say that uh, the last two years have really changed. I mean, you look at every single number. Taxes relative to GDP are 44% or so, um, depending on how you measure, but 43 44%. They haven't budged one bit. The, the government collects the same amount of revenue it did. It spends the same amount that it did, except for some one-offs um, aid to, to the financial sector still, but fundamentally spends the same. The deficit is basically the same. Public investment is basically the same. Um, the, the boom has been mostly because of um, housing to some extent, um, hospitality. And um, some some side benefits of the Juncker plan for Europe, which is really subsidized investment uh, in Portugal in the last couple of years. We, we've, but having said that, our investment is still twenty five percent below what it was in two thousand and eight. Um, it's still, I mean, you can call it a recovery, <laughs> but we're still far below with where we were just before the crisis. Now you mentioned uh, Jean Claude Juncker, and mm-hmm. obviously his name getting a mm-hmm. lot of attention this week with the meeting with President Trump. But take us through the plan that, that you mentioned, because in part it, 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 we're seeing right. it in Portugal. But as you said, this is across Europe right it now. It is. So a few years ago, and I think this is really where the austerity story ends. A few years ago, Europe really dis- committed to this to this plan to effectively stimulate or subsidize, I would prefer to think of subsidized investment, throughout various parts of the EU, uh, mostly the the, the South, uh, but not exclusively, uh, by just essentially providing matching funds to a number of programs that are qualified in a certain, in a certain criteria. And uh, some of them, for example, the latest one has been, uh, the latest particular one that impacted Portugal has been just literally um, ad- aiding in financing of small business enterprises. Uh, but so a, a lot of projects, uh, some fun ones, for example, my alma mater is building a new campus and it's being partly financed with transfers from the European Union under the, the, the under this, this particular program. That has contributed about 2 billion uh, euros. doesn't sound like a lot in the U.S., but 2 billion euros for Portugal is probably, I'm going to say, maybe 5 or 6% of total investment spending. Uh, right now, uh, so it's a big, uh, it's a big, uh, it's a big change. Um, now, Europe, and I think this is the point. Europe has changed away from austerity a few years ago. Portugal has benefited from that. It hasn't benefited as much as Spain. Growth in Spain is three, three and a half percent. It's been done better than Greece, better than Italy. But we're just part of the story. Um, it's great, though. It, it marks a big change relative to a few years ago. 
Um, but I think it's mostly on the private side. It's mostly on tourism. It's mostly on trade. Uh, our export industry has, has benefited a lot from just the growth in Europe and our export markets where we export 75% of of our goods and services. So, um you're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM uh, Radio Channel 132. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, at BizRadio132. Joam, let me ask you, if, from your perspective, what are the growth industries uh, in Portugal right now? Where are Where is that growth coming from to get to that 2.7% number you mentioned, but also looking for the future? I mean, I, mean, I would imagine uh, the potential of companies coming in to Portugal as a, as a destination and building up the economy that way as well. Well, the, the, the big change, and I agree, the big change is, uh, is essentially exports, uh, including services, and it's quite widespread. And it's linked, I agree, to what uh, João said. Uh, it's linked to uh, basically an overall improvement in, uh, in Europe. Uh, so the, the last two years have been much, much better than, uh, uh, than earlier. And therefore, you know, like uh, when the tide comes in, all the boats uh, go up. And that's, you know, that also happens to the Portuguese economy. So I would not say it's specific to, to just tourism or even to real estate, but it also has affected those uh, sectors, and that has helped. Uh, we still have a very, have a very fragile uh, banking sector uh, with quite a bit of non-performing loans. Many of those non-performing loans were essential favored loans to you know, friends of the government and mo- to, to in, in many ways uh, the link to the real estate so as the prices of real estate goes up, you know, it will be a lot easier to clean up those, uh, those uh, legacy assets in the, in, the, in the banking sector. And investment, most of it has been uh, private. But, you know, the recovery, even though it's impressive, it should, should be, and I agree also with you on that, it should have been much, much higher. I mean, investment uh, went down as much as 40% from peak. So it was like it was down 44% cumulatively from 2002. And we have only recovered uh, 25% of that. So it's just a very, very, very small amount. So we need to grow our investment much, much stronger than we have observed. So we need uh, quite a few quarters of yearly growth of around uh, 10% for, that, for us to catch up and bring back uh, the levels that the Portuguese economy uh, requires. And if we don't do that, and we are not doing that sufficiently, we will not get the productivity gains that uh, that uh, João Gomes said. Because you, you know, we, you know, we, we, last year the growth in uh, employment was much much larger than the growth of GDP, with the consequence that uh, we have negative uh, productivity gains. And and for us to get productivity gains, we really really need um, the um, the private investment. And in Portugal, most of public investment is not uh, productivity enhancement. I mean, most of the, you know, we have lots of real estate in a variety of areas built with um, funding in the past, building with the funding of either Europe or, or, or the Portuguese government. And most of, most of that is basically, is, it's wasted. It's not productive. It doesn't boost productivity. We would need it to go to uh, private industries. And unfortunately, you know, our economy is not yet sufficiently diversified, so we need a lot more diversification in our in our economic base. Um, but that, you know, but those challenges, which are very very important, are of completely different nature. 
of the challenges that we had during the crisis. I mean, the challenges during the crisis was really an almost collapse of our funding uh, opportunities. We were really dependent on the help of the IMF and our friendly uh, European governments. Uh, our banks were also on the verge of collapse. So the situation yeah. was really, really, really dire. And right now, you know, none of the previous problems have been solved, but the environment is completely different. I mean, so the, the, just the fact that things are just going back to normal, it affects the economic sentiment. It, it affects the outlook of people. You know, all the surveys indicate that uh, the public mood is a lot better, so there's a lot more confidence. And that also helps. I mean, that also helps to, to, to you know, the recovery. But we are extremely vulnerable. I mean, the, the, the debt to, to GDP ratio is over 125%. Um, and, you know, if interest rates go up, and uh, they will, they will pretty soon, uh, for us, this will be a huge uh, problem because, you know, we would lose quite a bit of, uh, of uh, interest uh, income to the outside world. So, 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 so we are still quite vulnerable. Uh, but... Uh, we are still, in many ways, um, an example for other countries that, um, you know, even hardship can be overcome. And uh, in many ways, we were able to overcome that with uh, limited, uh, with limited internal strife, um, um, especially if we compare to to other European countries, which are which are still in a very very dire situation. Joao Gomez, I guess. Yes, I'm sorry, <laughs> Joao Gomez. Sorry. Um, yeah, 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 I think I think we're basically in agreement. I, I think um, I, I would say to go back to I think the question you, you asked at the beginning. Um, to me, tourism is the most uh, obvious place and most obvious industry of growth. I think that's that's really been the practice. Um, there's a sense that we're going back to where we were ten years ago, and there's lots of bad things about that. I, I think one way of describing what Portugal is is we're maxed out on our credit card. We're maxed out on our credit card. <laughs> Uh, it better be that uh, we get a good job and we get a lot of money in the future. It, that is, we need a lot of growth. Uh, we just do. And we better be that interest rates don't go up because we're maxed out on a credit card. So our focus has to be relentlessly on growth um, and to think about what, what can we do. I think tourism is the only obvious place. I think export industries, as long as there's growth in Europe, which is a story that, you know, to some extent is going to depend on Brexit and other things, but hopefully will continue. Trade wars are perhaps even looming more large than Brexit. Uh, but hopefully we'll continue for a few years. But it better be that we do well on growth. And and it's very hard to grow in a country. One fact that we haven't talked about is where the population is in decline largely because of aging, but also because of immigration. We lost a lot of people. If we have fewer people, we're not going to produce more goods and services unless we get more productive. We have to be relentlessly focused on that. Uh, I think that's a problem throughout Europe, but it has to be a problem in Portugal. The only place where we, we can sort of generate potentially more value added relative to the people we employ is tourism, I, I would say, in the short run. I think people have these dreams about technology, and that's great, and it might work out. We're just lagging behind. I don't think we have the scale, hopefully, in the in the future, but that's everybody's dream. Um, I think, you know, just looking at what we've succeeded at doing. We have some good infrastructure. Definitely, Portugal is one of the countries in Europe where people have in, they speak the command English, and the ability to interact with the rest of the world is is, is much, uh, I think, much larger than elsewhere in continental Europe. But even then, I think we're lagging too far behind. Um, so, um, except obviously we'll have a real estate boom and so on, but long term tourism is the only thing that I think makes sense.
You're listening to Knowledge of Warden here on Sirius XM uh, Radio, Channel 132. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, at BizRadio132, or Dan Loney, uh, at 21, with your comments via Twitter. Joam Ashunsalm, this is, uh, I mean, this is not just a short-term concern at this point. This is has to be a, a five- to ten-year thought process thinking out about these processes to be able to continue to get the growth needed uh in the uh, in the portugal economy yeah i agree and uh, and um, and i concur with uh, with uh, my namesake as well and uh, in um in the in the notion that short-term tourism is the is the most obvious uh, source the problem is that the tourism is is small in, in in portugal and it will never and it will never be very large so so you cannot provide the engine for growth. Uh, and we have many other services. We're exporting many other services, of uh, some of them actually technology-linked, not all of them high-value-added, unfortunately. And, and, and the problem also is that it's, it's hard to get productivity gains in tourism because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's very labor-intensive, and many of the capital investments, once again, are real estate-linked. So, so it's, it's very, very hard to get the productivity gains that we need to get to the level of our other European parties that share the, the euro currency. So we really need to improve diversification. And the, and the problem is that in, in Portugal, improving diversification often is linked to public policy. And, of course, public policy is usually linked to, you know, choosing favorites, choosing, you know, the champions, to choosing the ones that are closer or that some specific uh, uh, ruler at the time or govern, of, of, of government official likes. And most of the time, there have been mistakes um, made at that level. So my, my general take is that we, we, our best bet, actually, is increased participation within the Eurozone. So, so the more we participate across all projects with European, you know, other European countries, and you share, you share the same regulatory environment, the same uh, currency, the same uh, 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 market rules, you know, if we do things well at this level, we, we, we can spread – uh, to many other industries, not just linked to the, our to, the, to our traditional uh, to our traditional sectors, where you know we'll be kind of locked in on a somewhat uh, low productivity stake. So, so uh, you know what I tell my friends here is that you know that we should stop complaining right now because we are enjoying this boom. It has been so unusual to see, <laughs> and so people are happy. So instead of you know um, insisting on the on our structural problems, you know at, you know maybe right now the best thing is to is to enjoy the party. Uh, at the same time, do not destroy the gains, and and the gains for us is essentially the public sector, and so the gains is essentially you know do not allow the deficit to to get out of line. I mean, remember it was over 10 percent at the height of the crisis. Uh, and you know, do not allow debt levels to to go up, and that, and not even that. I mean, they have to decline steadily for a very extended period of time. It's not enough five years. You know, in five years, if we decline five points every year, we'll go from 125 to 100, which is still very, very large. So even, I mean, so it'll be really a very, very steady hand by the government, and and for the governments in Portugal to be popular. Uh, they do handouts. So in Portugal, they've gave money to the civil servants. Uh, they even gave money to restaurant owners in the form of uh, VAT discounts. Uh, they gave money to pensioners. They don't do any kind of structural reform. 
it's a very odd government uh, that in many ways for, for, for which things are working very well short term, uh, but which we don't see any of, the, of, the, um, of a path. And this occurs in a very strange European environment because now Europe is very divided politically. So you have many countries in which you have governments which are either left or very extreme left. Uh, and at the same time, you have governments that are very nationalist, or even some of them even extreme nationalist. So what you're having is a division, a political division, very similar to the one you have in the United States, but it's happening in, a, in a, some ways a less healthy uh, environment because it's across countries. So in some countries, people are tilting towards one spectrum, and in other countries, they are tilting to the other side, to the other expect, you know, the, to the other part of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. So, so the politics within Europe now yeah. are almost as challenging as uh, I mean. You may complain about the politics in the U.S. and you should, but the politics in uh, in, in Europe are also extremely tricky. Uh, and what's necessary to keep the European project together, the euro together, which for us in Portugal is essential. I mean, if that goes, we'll be extremely vulnerable. Uh, just keeping what we have will be right. will be extremely hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, you look back at the history of the last, I don't know, I don't know how many years you want to go back, but Portugal is always, with so much of our trade to, with the continent um, and the European Union more broadly, we are really tied to whatever happens in Europe. And, and I think, um, and, and it's important to emphasize, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of room. We're a very small share of, of uh, Euro-wide GDP, so... Um, growth in Europe is the most important thing for us, I think. And, and um, whatever happens, there's not a lot of room to, to pursue independent um, independent policies. Um, having said that, it's a, it's a great time. It, it's great to go there. It's great to be there. It's great to see people doing so much better, so much happier, so much more confident in the future um, relative to, say, the, the depressing years of, of four or five years ago. I think this is true throughout much of the south but, but portugal certainly uh, feels uh, much better now and and it, it's and as i said before i definitely should visit but but i think when you think about the long-term growth potential the demographics are very challenging we just don't have we're losing people we're still losing people continue to lose people if we don't find ways to just make them more productive we have serious problems ahead it, um, is is the, I mean, we talk a lot about here in the States, the, the, the base of millennials that obviously are mm -hmm. that next generation of, of growth. But are, are we talking about a lack of those millennials being that, you know, not even being there really to be right. able to, to be able to carry yeah. some of that in Portugal? So one of the things that happened in the last uh, number of years in part as a result of the crisis is people just left. Yeah. I mean, some of these millennials just just left to different parts of Europe, mostly to different parts of Europe some to, to Africa, uh, some to Brazil, very few to the U.S. Um, and, and they, I don't think, and these were arguably the most, maybe not the most talented, but some of the most talented, um, uh, most highly educated individuals, the ones who had actually had the options to move someone else. Um, we're not going to see most of these people, in my opinion. Um, it, it's a deficit of, of talent that will not recover from in a generation, I think. Uh, we, we're not going to track them back. It's just my, it's just my impression. Um, that is going to haunt us. Um, and, and, and that's why – and I think the other handicap that we have to think carefully when we think about the future of policy in Portugal is we're not central. We're not in the middle of, of the continent. We're very much to the left, <laughs> to the west. And it's very hard to be integrated with a continent, to be part of everything that happens in the continent if you're – 
just so far away from from the center. Um, and so, and I think our policy should recognize that a bit. Well, Joam uh, Ashunsalm, let me ask you this: uh, I mean, how much do you? How much impact is there fr- from Spain uh, and the impact that that country has had in, in recent years uh, impacting Portugal? What's said for Europe at a slightly smaller scale, you can say for Spain. Spain is our most important trading partner. Uh, Spain has, has been doing a little better than we have, as was said uh, earlier, and that has helped us. So we should not feel challenged, je- jealous of them because of that, because the better they do, uh, the better we do. Uh, what, of course, what it means also is that we need to do a lot better so in terms of, in terms of growth. And, and, and things, once again, in Spain have looked reasonably well in the last uh, three or four years. They also had, they had a much milder program than we had just related to the banking sector. Um, and the interrelationship, uh, the economic interrelationship between Portugal and Spain is, is now fairly big, fairly large. So it's, it's a very important trading partner for, uh, for, for Portugal. But once again, uh, uh, going back to the politics, the politics in Spain are very, very scary. You know, they have um, nationality problems in Catalonia. Uh, so far, that, that has not shown up in the data. Uh, they have an extremely weak uh, government that nobody understood how they got to power. Uh, they, they won't be able to approve any budget, and they have to do, according to the European rules, they would have to do quite a bit of fiscal consolidation, uh, but they don't have the, the support. They are, suppo- they are supported by the nationalist parties of uh, Catalonia. They are supported to some very uh, extremist uh, parties. Uh, so the politics in Spain are, are also very, very uh, challenging. And, and for you know, when, when at the cornerstone of, of policy in European countries you have fiscal policy, and we have fiscal policy in the sense that you, you have to adjust your, your budget levels, your fiscal budgets, to, to the levels that are compliant with European treaties. You know, weak governments have a really, really hard time uh, coping with, uh, with those uh, demands. And even though the, the economic environment is, 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 has gone better, and because the governance in Europe now is very much confused because of the Brexit, so it's, it seems that they are not paying as much attention to, as this, to this fiscal front as they were before, because they want to keep all countries united on this, um, on this deal with, uh, with the United Kingdom, which I still right. hope won't materialize. Uh, but once that gets out of the way, uh, you will see these uh, this, uh, fiscal rules uh, coming back to bite uh, the countries uh, with uh, problems. And, you know, that includes Spain, that includes Italy, which is not, uh, uh, an import, uh, you know, such an important partner for us, and includes also France, by the way. So, so it's, it's, it includes some really big countries in which uh, uh, problems loom uh, uh, loom large, but once again, I prefer to enjoy the moment. So things have been reasonably <laughs> bright for Spain, despite all the politics, uh, and keep, things have been very bright for for Portugal, d- despite all the all the politics. And and once again, the the global risks are also a challenge for us. So if a trade war uh, emerges, you know you cannot trust the, the agreement between uh, the American administration and uh, the the president of European Commission uh, yesterday, because you know uh, that. You can change in any day of, the, of this week or of the next. Um, you know, if there is a problem with a trade war with China, uh, you know, things can, can, you know, turn sour very, very, very fast. And, um, and if the global economy has a problem, 
and you know financial markets don't seem to believe that, but uh, it has happened before. Um, the countries that are weaker, and, and debt is a good measure of vulnerability, uh, so countries like Portugal, countries like Italy will be extremely vulnerable to those uh, developments. So we need, we need to prepare for those. Joam, thank you very much for joining us on the phone today. Greatly appreciate your time. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.